guys. Brand new. I can't even fake the energy. I'm so exhausted right no, now. No, you. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm burning it at both ends, guys. We're on tour right now. Birdie Boy World Tour this week. New Orleans, Huntsville, and Montgomery, Alabama. Two shows in Huntsville on Saturday. One show in Montgomery and Thursday night in, in New Orleans. I have announced the Call In Sick to Work show. Oh, boy. Call In Sick to Work. If you, For those of you who don't know, Call In Sick to Work was one of my early brainchilds when I first started getting creative in this business. And it was a show I derived out of D.C. with my friend Elliot in the morning. And the idea was I was drinking on radio and then I was going straight back to my hotel room and doing nothing. I said, what if we drank on radio and went right to the club and did a show in the morning? And they have been hugely successful. Um, I don't think I've ever done one that hasn't sold out. No. And I have just released tickets. I am not certain that there are still tickets available. Here's the deal. I released them on my phone number first, 323-208-0844. That was the first place I released them. Then I released them on Instagram because that's where I feel like most people find me. And then I released them on Twitter. Um, I don't know if there are still tickets. We are going to be adding a live podcast event to this. Um, I am not announcing who's going to be on the show simply because I don't want to use any of my friends' names to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want them to feel like I'm leveraging them to do put on the show. Um, but suffice to say, my friends will be on the show. The live podcasts are uh, going to be fucking phenomenal. And I can say this, but Bill Burr and I are doing a live podcast together. Oh, awesome. For the first time ever, we will be doing a live podcast in the OR um, at the Comedy Store, St. Patty's Day. I'm certain I will be drunk. Uh, Bill will be sober. And I'm certain it will be an hour of Bill busting my balls. And, and <laughs> it'll be fucking hilarious. So, But it's 15 comics. All the greatest comics in the world, in my opinion. Um, it, was, uh, it was people I wanted to work with. And I just reached out. And uh, I don't think... Other than like some people who are I'd like, uh, I think David Spade had a TV show commitment, and he was like, I wish I'd come. We start we start shooting it. We get to the office at nine though. I can't make it. But other than that, you know, it's everyone I'd want to be with. Well, why didn't Patty's you call and sick to work? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, no shit. Uh, uh, I should uh. tell him, David. It's call. Well, I think because the show doesn't go on without him. Um, but yeah, so call and sick to work. Go to go to my Instagram. Go to my Twitter. Or go to the comedy store and buy your tickets. It is next Tuesday, St. Patty's Day, the same day my special. Hey, Big Boy Drops on Netflix. I am super proud of this special. I hope you enjoy this special. The reason I'm tired is I'm doing everything in my power to promote this special. And so I am heading off to Dynasty Typewriter to do a live dollop right now. And uh, yeah, that's it. Check out my wife's body if you can. <laughs> it looks phenomenal. That is really nice. Thanks, babe. Of course, you'll hear me trash her and her body on Tom Segura's really? your mom's house. Oh, yeah. You trashed my body? No, no, but we have notes. No, we don't. I don't trash your body. You have That's notes like, on my body? No, we have notes on the, your... What are the notes on my body? Your, but no, there's no notes on your body. You uh -huh, look fucking amazing. Uh -huh. you look, she really does look amazing. She's down like 13, 14 pounds 13 now. 13 pounds. 13 pounds. I'm up 10. That's okay. <laughs> you found 10 of my 13. So, um... But you check trash out her, me on your mom's house? We don't trash you. We don't trash you, but it's a fucking good episode. That was a really fun episode of your mom's house. It was? I Yeah, I love doing that show. I, you know, it's so funny. You forget how long you know these people in this business. You feel like you forget. We've been friends with them a long time. Yeah. Long, long time. I mean, like like 13 years. Like More than that. 
No, I've I known Tom more than I've known Tom more than thirteen. You've years. You've known Tom more than, th- but we four have been friends. Isla was oh yeah, probably a year and a half old, maybe so twelve years, something like that. She's um. Today's episode is with one of the OGs in the game. Oh yeah, Mark Marin is. Oh yeah, is podcast royalty. Yeah, he started his podcast WTF. When did he start that? I want to say probably. I we talk about that a little bit. We talk about the early episodes. I obviously I'm a fan of his podcast. I've been a fan of his podcast. Him and Joe's podcast are like my two go tos. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and and they're very different podcasts, but they're very both equally awesome podcasts. It's interesting. Mark said something on this podcast that's kind of changed the way I looked at things a little bit. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote it. You should just hear him say it. But it's about the difference that people have when they go to a show of mine versus a show of his <laughs> and the way people leave a show of his. I watched Mark's special. And it's not heavy. It's just Mark. It's like Mark is, I watched the special. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Mark's special is fucking awesome. But here's what's crazy. Of course it is. He is one of the best writers in the game. Yeah. Without a doubt. He's one of the best thinkers in the game. And he's one of the best orators in the game. Like the way he handles a stage, the way he takes a part a special is so different than how I do it that I was almost glad I, I was really relieved I hadn't seen his special before I did mine because I'd be second guessing everything I did in mine oh yeah he is so fucking talented at stand-up comedy yeah that you go thank god a guy like this thank god we have a guy like this yeah he is and I know I don't think he's uh, maybe he said this or he didn't but he is the extension of what where Kinnison and, and Hicks would have gone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, him and Stanhope, guys like that are so fucking important. Look, I'm not downplaying guys like me who rip their shirts off and tell fun party stories and shit on their family. And and it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't try to get maybe as heavy as, as Mark or Stanhope. Uh, we all serve a different purpose. Yeah, it's like Stephen King and David Sedaris. Yeah, They're both it, really good writers, but they serve a different purpose. His special is on the front page of Netflix right now. Do you know what that means, everybody? means a lot of people are fucking watching it. That's great. If it's not on the front page, it's disappearing. End times fun. Mark Marin streaming right now on Netflix. If you haven't heard of WTF, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, you, I, you maybe have been doing this podcast thing wrong. <laughs> WTF is one of the best podcasts out there. His guests have been amazing. We talk a little bit about how he prepares for an interview, how he goes about an interview. We talk a lot about um, a, we talk a lot about everything. It's a great, great, great podcast. I think I, one of the ones where you walk out and Halston's like, "That was a fucking good podcast." You're gonna love the podcast. You're gonna absolutely love his special End Times Fun, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, oh, he's also got a show called Glow, which is one of the biggest shows on fucking Netflix. Also, so. <laughs> By the way, he's doing very well. He's doing he's, okay. He's killing it right now. He's doing all right. I mean, it's all right. It's interesting because I met him. I met him probably twenty years ago, and the guy he was twenty years ago is still the guy he is today, but with different agendas. I love this Mark. This Mark is awesome. By the way, the old Mark was great too. The middle Mark was even better. Three quarters Mark. I didn't think it would get better. Today's Mark is a pretty fucking phenomenal Mark. I'm really happy to call him my friend. That's nice to say. I really am because he says smart things and you hear smart things and he makes you think. Yeah, that's and, great. And you're going to love this special. End Times Fun streaming right now on Netflix. Go in, check it out. 
tell a friend about it, share it with a friend, invite friends over, open a bottle of wine, light a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this week's podcast, my friend, Mark Merritt. This is Who did you did you Are see? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. No cans? No. All right. Do you want a can? No, I'd be all right. It's a lot of Diet Coke, I know. No, no, I mean no cans for our heads. No oh, heads. no, 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 no. <laughs> just go casual. Yeah. You and Rogan are the last ones to do cans. I well, I mean, it's it's not something that gets outdated. But but what are but, we doing it? Yeah, yeah, we're on, we're on. Do you do it? Do you do it so you know? Does it make you listen better? Yeah, I mean, it makes me calibrate my voice better, really? and also like it helps me kind of like, uh, especially when I'm when I'm talking on my own. Mm-hmm. It it kind of it, oh, it's when a you do it thing. yourself, yeah, yeah, like when I do the opening or whenever, whenever I'm in there by myself, if I have the cans on, it's like you know, it's a self feeding loop, and uh, yeah. and I and I can kind of keep my continuity better, and it, it seems like I'm in the machine. But I like when people wear cans because you'd be amazed at how many fucking people don't know how to calibrate their voices properly for a microphone. So I try to encourage people Joey Diaz. to wear the... <laughs> to, was he too loud? No. Oh, he's fucking, too soft? Between Joey and Ralphie, I did a podcast one time where they both fell asleep during the podcast and they would tell stories and <laughs> then be they like... both on the same shit? They were on the... They were both... Yeah, they actually were. were and painkillers? Yeah, and then... And then they would just walk, like, have the mic in their hands, and then they'd just not speak into it at all at certain right. points where I was like. So I try to get people to calibrate. Look, my brother, what do you think of this new iPhone That's picture thing? That's your brother? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I didn't make it do that. It's like now, you know, it'll update the picture normally, like natural, <laughs> like, I'll say you want to update the picture. Yeah. And then when the phone rings, all of a sudden, he's got a big old mug in my. And then, and then it'll change and say, hey, uh, the number you have for Christina Pajinsky. Right, that. And I go, no, that's not what I call her. And now they change it to Christina Segura. Which yeah. I go, what, is that his sister? No. Like, it doesn't even <laughs> sound like the right fucking person. So, man, well, I can't believe you're in the same house. You're fucking huge. Right, man, I'm saving what money. Saving scared. for what? Don't you start. How long did it take you to buy your fucking house? Don't you fucking start. You're like, got to be a billionaire by now. Everywhere I go, like, <laughs> Bert just sold out for a month. What happened? <laughs> what is he, Ali Wong? No, I'm, no, I'm, first of all, those those stories always come back secondhand bigger than they ever were. It's like come fishing on. tails. And secondly, I am not, uh, you know, I'm 47 years old. I am not thinking that I'm going to be here forever. And I'm like, fucking No, you got to get it. Ali Wong said that to me. She goes, uh, she goes, it's not going away. Yeah. And I was like, eh. I don't know about that. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, you got to make the money when you can make it. But yeah. at some point, I, I would think that you could probably, well, that sounds we just, right. We just bought a new house. Oh. But we're, we haven't moved in. We're redoing it. And so. Oh. Where's that at? Uh, you don't have to say. By the way, I almost fucking said the reason we had to buy a new house is because I basically told everyone where I live. Yeah. And so. People it, come by. Oh, yeah. Knock yeah. on the front door. Hey, so you're Isla, huh? <laughs> She's like, Dad. It gets crazy when, like, the, the FedEx guy will come and be like, oh, shit, you live here? And you're like, oh, no, now you know. <laughs> well, you know, fortunately, my fans are kind of like, you know, nervous, sensitive, uh, creative, aggravated weirdos. Your fans are like, we got beer. Shit. He, dude, knock on the door. He'll let us in. He'll let us in. Dude. He'll party with us. What time is it? My, tour, my tour bus, they'll just knock on go, dude, I want to come in and have a beer before the show. And you're like, 
hey man, this is where I live. We had a girl sneak on the tour bus and drunk as shit, try to hide. And we're like, on the bus? On the bus. A stowaway? Like, yeah. A Chrysler stowaway? <laughs> where you're going to find her like a week later? What are you doing? How old are you? Where do your parents live? Shit, I guess she's part of the team now. <laughs> you're with brilliant. us now. You're with us now. Here's your new name. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the fucking cans idea now because I go, you're such a good interviewer. Is it because you listen to people? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm very intent. <laughs> like when if I get out of the group for a second, I hate myself. Really? Yeah, because I'm locked in. I got to stay locked in. And like, and sometimes like you know, text will come. I'll be like, oh goddamn. And then like, right if I miss a, a beat, I'm like, where 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 are we? You're What's so happening? you're so good at that. At, at taking little things people say and breaking it off and making it into a bigger conversation. Right. Well, that's what I'm looking for so we can have the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like, where's the conversation if you don't do that? Yeah, but you're you also- just depend in, on everybody to- Oh, I can. No, I know you do, but- I, we just, go, I just go like- We I just know go, you. Yeah. I go, hey, I hope- I hope this goes out well. I don't. I don't listen very well, and yeah. I'm not as intelligent. You and Rogan both are very intelligent people, mm. so you will say things. You'll go. Oh, it's like I read that book, and I go, yeah. oh, "You're never getting that out of my podcast." No, but I mean, I think I'm like, I, I try. Is that a real gun? Uh, no, it's a pellet uh, gun. But uh, no, I mean, not that I'm going to judge you, but uh, I try to. I just try to figure out where we're going, you know, because I don't know. I'm not looking for something specific. When I'm talking to somebody, yeah. you know, like like today I talked to uh, Mike Campbell. He's the guitar player from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, oh, okay. And you know, it's like I'm a guitar player, so where am I going to go with that guy? You know, like mm. I don't really know him. It's not it's not like he's not like Keith Richards. We don't all know him for being a thing. Yeah. But you know, he made some of the greatest music ever, ever, ever. Right. Yeah. So you don't know how it feels. It's one of my favorite songs in the world. So I just got into the guitar thing with him. So I don't know where that's going to go. And yeah. I'm hoping they'll pick it up and start talking and get into something interesting. Who else did I interview today? Byron Bowers. Byron Bowers? Yeah. Dude, he is fucking... Uh, he's someone I discovered randomly at the store and was like, I, I like his style. Have you interviewed him? No, I haven't. Trippy, dude. Yeah, dude had a really rough life. I, yeah, I mean, it sounded rough, but he was all, he's also into this brain thing where he's like, you know, he's kind of... His mind's kind of blown in a good way. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, you know, he comes from what he comes from, and now he's got a certain kind of uh, looking back understanding of his old man's crack addiction and his old man's mental illness, and he's done some hallucinogenics, so now he's got this understanding that's relatively new for him. So he kind of talks in this language of, like, hey, it's all kind of, you know, it yeah. all makes sense, man. Like, which, was, which was like, by the way, see, this is what's wrong with my podcast, because then I say stuff like, which was unheard of, when I was a kid, black guys didn't do hallucinogenics. Mm. Like, they, no black guy ever did acid. No black guy ever did mushrooms. He said that. He said, oh, like, thank you know, God. see, I just thought I was racist. <laughs> no, no. He said that black people don't know about LSD because, but they're gonna. But uh, <laughs> no, I think that, like, I maybe in the '60s, obviously Hendrix, who was black, yeah. did his share, and certainly was a a, a fair, a big advertiser of LSD. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he made it popular. So uh, there's a there's a there's a precedent. For yeah. black people doing acid, one of the most important black acid takers <laughs> would happen to be a genius guitar player, and uh, he kind of invented tripping in a way. Yeah, he was part of the beginning of it. But I think, yeah, as a cultural thing, that uh, you don't hear about that much about do, uh, black acid. Do you consider acid and mushrooms sober? No, no, 
No. No, they're drugs. Some people consider it sober. <laughs> well, yeah. Those people are like, I'm just going to do a tune-up. You yeah. know, like once or twice a year, just clean the pipes. I don't do that. No? I mean, I'd like to, but I don't know how much I really enjoyed it when I was younger. I don't know that I had a lot of successful uh, acid or mushroom trips. There's only no. a couple that I had a good time on. Because I was young, I was in college, uh, maybe after college, a little once or twice. But I was panicky and uh, nervous. I never went in thinking like, here we go. I always went in thinking like, oh, fuck. You know, so. Thank you. It's a- <laughs> I've never once taken drugs and been like, all right, bring it. Yeah, here we go. I've always go. been like, let's hope it doesn't hurt. <laughs> I'm going to be okay, right? Oh, no. Hey, do we do we have an out for this? If this yeah, doesn't yeah. work well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys going to hang out, right? <laughs> we took acid once and my buddy goes, oh, shit, I just lost my wallet. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I had one or two great... Uh, great trips i get the thing you know i get i get the idea of it rejiggering the thing your brain i mean i understand the logic of that i don't think it's really new thinking you know there's no new way to do it uh and i know microdosing is popular and that's probably works for some people but for me like you know if i'm it's i'm gonna get high and you know then part of my brain's gonna be like why don't we stay like this always (laughs) I mean, that's really the problem with it. We're having a good time, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> what, can we do this again tomorrow? How about next week? See, that's where I can't get my head around is like, I feel phenomenal when I don't drink. Like, mm. I feel phenomenal. Yeah. But it's that it's that borrow from tomorrow feeling when you feel phenomenal. It's been a couple of days, been three days. Then everyone gets around and you have your first glass of wine and it kicks in and you're over by the grill. You're like, now this is what I was talking about. Who thought phenomenal was the other day in yeah, the morning? Yeah, yeah, Now I'm right. I'm just right. Now I'm, yeah, there and we go. For an hour. And then the next morning you for wake up, hour. you're like, am I going to be the guy that dies on the toilet like Elvis? From booze? Yeah, just a no, stroke. No, you're just going to die, you know, fat and sad and probably alone. <laughs> just clip that out oh, and put I that on know. YouTube. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to be. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about this hour. I'm, I just finished my hour. Wait, let me ask you Shoot. something, though. Before we get into that, let's talk yeah. about the booze some more. Okay. So, well, you've got... Way, I'm an open book right now. Are like, you? Or an open wound, you might say. Why? What's going on? Um, I had a rough... I went back on tour last week, and I pushed it. I, I, I get recalibrated after Sober October, and I'm really good at like managing, working out the next day, and partying, and not going too hard. And then, and it, and by the way, it's connected to my mental health. It's almost like being really the drinking. No, but it's connected. Yeah, I know, right? To your mental health. I say sometimes I think, wow, this is an amazing breakthrough. <laughs> drinking has an impact on one's sense of self and mental health. My anxiety is so tied to it. It's <laughs> really? ridiculous. That's insane. But it's like it's like almost like like riding the levels of of like of like a of like a dam of going like we got to let out some water. We got to okay, we got to push it back up, and then. And then this past weekend, it just got away from me. Like it was like, it was like blackout, uh, gray out. Wow. Yeah, like like a like a strangers in the hotel room. No, woke up on the bus and I said, "When do we leave?" And they said, "We're there." And I said, "We drove last night." Yeah. And they were like, "Are you being serious?" And I was like, "I'm being dead serious." Wait. Uh, that's when you go like, no. <laughs> if it's gonna be scary to me, it's gonna be scary to everyone. Okay. And I was like, "Shut up!" And they're like, "Wait, you don't remember driving?" And I was like, "No, but." 
Hold on, did I? And then the, the next thing I go to, and I, I you're think driving you get this. the bus? No, oh. no. And I go, did I eat last night? Because I was on a diet, and they're like, oh god, you ate. Oh no, they're dude. like, you took all the sides from the meal before the night before, and it combined them into a stew, and then put hot sauce. I was like, motherfucker, that's like something you, like you dare a kid to do, like you know, like you you know, like we, we mixed all that up. Oh, and oh, so and then and then. Pull an all-nighter, get on the flight home, fly home, drink on the plane, come home. And then try to explain to her that you don't feel well? Yeah. Like, I think I got my head that bug. Or- I, I was like, I was just being short. And then that night, go to sleep, get like legit the gross sweats where it smells like piss. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, God damn it, go to hot spin. And then the person next to me, I didn't drink in 24 hours. Person next to me is like, what do you what did you drink last night and i was like it's still coming out of me oh you broke and then your, but then i didn't drink didn't drink and now i'm fine i feel great i feel actually superhuman i'm getting on a red eye tonight and i'm like tonight and i'm like to where florida to boston and i'm like wilbur uh chevalier i don't know what that it's is the, it's the one out it's a medford oh it's big it's a little bigger yeah, yeah. but and so i'm like all right how do i how do i regulate now i know what you're gonna say i know guys like you say you seem like you're having so much of a difficult time regulating when it's so much easier just to say no i guess but like you know you got a problem you know you've got the stanhope problem like your image and everything about you is tied into this shit so kind of i mean i mean it definitely is and i think people expect it of me but i don't drink when i'm on stage i don't show up drunk no i know i drink after the shows right and and sometimes no one even sees me drink right and i don't talk about being hammered on stage so it's like Uh, it is it is it is a weird brand right that i'm attached to but is not really it's not like they're not getting a payout from it like doug benson does his shows high you know i think he does everything high yeah so like (laughs) i don't think Doug. i do this podcast sober i do my stand-up sober i do like i do everything sober but they know i like you get the good stories though i get good stories when you're fucked up yeah but i could yeah. just i mean mm. i don't know no no i mean look i'm not gonna what, what am i gonna say about it it's like eventually you you know you get worn out you know it's like you know whether you're an alcoholic or not that's you know up to you to decide but the truth is the one thing you're feeling is you're 47 and you can't fucking do it as much I'm as just, you used to i just don't want to be t- i like i, I want a good night's sleep every now and then <laughs> sounds horrible to no, say then do it yeah yeah, but it's it's hard to get off stage and like I saw you guys, I, I, I watch you guys, and I watch you and Dean like go out and go guitar oh, shopping yeah, or go yeah. eat pizzas. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I don't even know what meal you had. You posted on your Instagram the other day. It was it was a meal of some sort. Oh, but it beautiful! So fucking good at that uh, the 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 honey paw in Portland, Maine. What was it? I'm in the Portland, Maine Sunday. Yeah. Wait, what's it called? Honey that, paw. And what? What did you have? That looks so good. What the? You mean the the Asian looking food, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did I bring? I'll show food? it to you. Yeah. There, well, there's three restaurants the same people own right next to each other. There's a honey paw, the uh, the uh, 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 ever ever even tied oyster company in Hugo's. Now, the the honey paw in Portland is this amazing Asian style thing. We had um. We had a, a braised cabbage. We had a yellowtail crudo. Thing. What's this thing? Oh, that's different. 
(laughs) so is that hummus that's that's you've been to the comedy cellar right oh no mark you're telling me i looked at the the place next door to the comedy cellar no they have a place out on the island that's malmoon's on the island oh for real yeah so we were in huntington (laughs) and we went to malmoon's because they have the best fucking shawarma so good well no where was this pizza from that's New Haven. Okay, okay, hold no, on. Like where's the, where's the honey paw? I don't see the honey paw in here. Keep going. It's purple cabbage. You know, it looks Asian. It's very colorful. No, right here. Right. Look at all those pictures. So you go. That's you know that that's braised cabbage, and that's a yellowtail crudo, and then there's a fat rice noodle with duck, and then there's the the Japanese pickle, and then the last one is a fucking brown butter lobster roll. Now here's what happens. So the guy. I feel like I'm Ben Affleck just going, I know I can't drink. Let's see how much I can eat this weekend. Yeah, do it. So (laughs) what I'm telling you is the guy who they, the same kitchen for all three restaurants. So I wanted to go the ever even tied oyster company, but the guy we were sitting at the, at the honey pod because it looks so good. And he comes in, introduces himself. And I'm like, so you're all, it's all the same kitchen. Go, can I get one of those lobster rolls? Because all he's wanted is a lobster roll. So they make the, they do it differently. They, it's somehow they add brown butter to the lobster and they serve it on a, yet you like bao, you know, that it's a bao bun, dude. Bao buns are better than any fucking dude, bun. Dude, it's a lobster roll on a bao life. bun. That's, that's even tied oyster company. All right. I've got everything. I've got all the info I have for this weekend. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah. And uh, there's another uh, great, seafood joint scales we went to so do you night. do you do you wake up and go what's good yes. and get an uber and go there for sure really yeah oh there's a great uh uh breakfast uh, biscuit place too so wait what's a weekend on the road with you look like because <laughs> okay. mine is like wake up on the bus it's 1 30 what's close fuck it we'll get no wings. fuck no man that when me and dean go out you know because neither one of us drink yeah and you know he's got some issues with food in terms of uh you know uh sugar and shit yeah so we'll f- i'll i'll try to find the best places we can fucking eat and you know we build our whole goddamn trip around it really yeah man like um but so wait, what time do you get up i get up early because i'm yeah he doesn't so you get up at like like seven or eight seven or eight and you yeah. get up you have a coffee i yeah i generally have tea and i have coffee later i'm okay. back on coffee i got okay. off coffee no 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 i can agree with that because coffee tour in the morning it blows my load for the day yeah, yeah i don't yeah. get to use it yeah i wasn't drinking any coffee but i'm back on it because when we're on the road now especially on the east coast i was really looking forward to this one this trip yeah because uh, me and dean it's like it's almost like the the gigs are great but like we it's almost like being on vacation too you know because we get we like a lot of the same shit that's so interesting because dean had to pitch himself to you for a long time i remember listening to well, dean, he was annoying back then yeah but i remember but no i remember listening to that dean first that yeah. dean wtf yeah and it was so good yeah and i went like it was almost like listening to you guys become friends i know and you were like you know it's so amazing i thought yeah, you were so yeah. annoying before <laughs> and, yeah. and then so now to see you guys out on the road i keep right. seeing it and I, and I think of that first wtf with yeah. you two yeah he talks about that too well he was just weird and annoying at first he's like hey man why don't you have me on i'm like yeah He's just he's a weird guy that gets off his motorcycle at the comedy store. He's like, I've done 304 sets. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking Like he had, he was just odd. Yeah. But no, because like, I learned a lot about music from him and he's a, like, he's a gearhead and a lot of the things that like, I don't, I'm not a nerd guy or a gearhead guy or a dude, dude like that. So like, I don't know about boots and pants and jackets. So what kind of guy I, are you then? Cause you are, I don't see you as a nerd guy. I don't see you as a gearhead guy and I don't see you as a bro. 
No, I'm not. Like, what are you? Just like thoughtful? Uh, huh? Just thoughtful? I'm thoughtful and angry. Angry, thoughtful guy. <laughs> like, you know, look, dude, man, I can I can hit a ball. I can grill a fucking steak. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't drink no more. But yeah. I can, you know, I, I, I you know, I don't, uh, I just, from, I'm practical is my problem. Like I'm definitely not a bro because like I I don't know how to get excited about that kind of shit. Like they the bros get excited about things to sort of you know uh, compensate for the feelings that they're afraid of. You understand? Wait, no, I don't. But so explain it to me. I mean, like, come I'm, on, man. <laughs> you know, could be hiding. Like I'm sad. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be sad and then be like fuck you than like yeah, let's do it. You understand? I see. I see. So are bros glass half full and you're a glass half empty guy? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sort of like the glass is the glass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is what we got. It's a glass, guys. Yeah. Why do we give a fuck? <laughs> it's going to be gone just like us when the coronavirus is in the present. But I think, uh, I don't know. I think the, the, the real answer to that is I've always been sort of my, my own thing. Like I, don't, like, I don't have a lot of close friends. I don't socialize a lot. I'm kind of an anxious, aggravated person. Uh, I spend a lot of time, not alone in a weird way, but I play guitar, I read things, I, you know, listen to music. You know, I'm always working. But I think growing up, I was always the guy who could move through all the clicks mm -hmm. like i you know i could make the jocks laugh i could hang out with the freaks you know i could hang out with whoever you know i kind of then i was funny enough to kind of move through all of them but i didn't have a tight crew like in in high school you know, i hung out with dudes who drank you know i used to we used to drive around get someone to buy us booze get fucked up listen to loud music more of a rock guy probably yeah, yeah. but i don't know like i always i wondered about that myself because i just got a traeger grill you know oh yeah yeah but but like i i was just half looking at grills you know and then like uh i was asking people on my podcast what should i get and then it, it, i got an email from a guy at traeger and he said we'll set you up and i'm like that sounds like a good one the free one oh <laughs> traeger's one of the best grills out there one of the best grills out there like without it. a doubt oh yeah i ha uh i don't have a we don't have a traeger here we're putting you have a fancy one i have a couple Built fancy in. ones yeah oh. it's a stupid one i was an idiot I I, I I do because it's gas thing. no because no that's i one of the gas grill i also have a smoker and i have a big green egg but i heard oh see what about that green egg it's just it's that is a my dad said to me my dad's like you yeah not a bro not a just a guy that cruised through life on his own and kind of i think as he lost his dad at a young age but my dad's like look there's two types of idiots there's types of idiots that love to Put on the grill, turn on the game, have a beer, light a yeah. cigar, walk back and forth around their house and yeah. brag that they're grilling. And there's guys that just like to fucking eat. Now, I just like to fucking eat. If you're one of those first idiots, get a big green egg. And I actually said, Dad, that's the exact kind of idiot I am. <laughs> Did you you should have said to be uh, that I'd be in a speedo the entire time. Like those I, and so that's a big green egg is it is a mission. It is like we're cooking. It's a great for a like a Boston butt or like a I almost like, bought it because I saw that like once you get the hang of how to work those holes yeah you know that it seems like a thing it's fun to mess with and then to set and go all right we're good and then come back and go damn still the same temp oh shit and it's like that's oh, it's a lot of fun I was, that was the one i was gonna buy but then i was sort of like but i kind of like i want to make sure because i don't know if i'm gonna be the guy that's gonna get that obsessed and i would like to have a grill where i'm just sort of like i just want to get in the habit of throwing things on it yeah. to eat right now that's the that that's the gas grill and Traeger's a great great get grill. Then we got a smoker. We take a smoker on the road with us, 
And so we have one in the tour bus and we'll pull it out and we'll smoke ribs or brisket. With real wood? Uh, no, pellet wood. That's that and one. The Traeger's pellets too. Yeah. Do you think the Traeger's a good smoker? Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's all Rogan uses as Traeger. Yeah, I know that. The guy who came to give me mine says I brought one to Rogan. I'm like, all right, I'm not quite. It's so funny, man. Because <laughs> like, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was taking some steroids for my back, you know? Really? Well, you know, because I had uh, oh, not we were well, like not, not growth, growth no, but no, like, no, yeah, no, because I have pain, yeah, like the you know uh, I hurt my back, yeah. and sometimes they give you steroids for inflammation, and uh, it was so funny because I was kind of I was getting cranky and I didn't know what it was and I think it was that, but like I track I you know like I was taking those and I got a Traeger and my producer texts me he's like you're on steroids and you got a Traeger you turned into Joe. he's i guess i would love to do what he does he goes to the doctor and gets his levels monitored yeah i don't think he's a roid guy no i think he's i would i would love to do i would love to do that because i can feel it in my old age my body not just bouncing back like bouncing back but like bouncing back but look but joe's like you know really pushing it i mean what you're in a different way than you he pushes it really hard he's (laughs) yeah he's he's an aggressive athlete i just like to get on by the way my wife's trainer told me the only reason i like getting on the treadmill and running or going to spin class is because i'm fucking crazy like it shuts his brain down that's why those people do that i know i gotta get back up the hill like i I took four days off mid-roll reads mid-roll reads what are they these are mid-roll reads This episode of the BurtCast is brought to you by Blue Apron. I absolutely love Blue Apron. Options are everything, especially when it comes to food. With more weekly recipes than ever, Blue Apron makes it easy to eat well. This is why I love Blue Apron. You don't know this yet, but you're going to find this out next week. Me and Tom Segura are going vegetarian. And Blue Apron offers a wide variety of recipes that fit your lifestyle, from health-conscious options with the new Blue Apron premium meals that feature exceptional ingredients and advanced techniques. Create a plan that works for you with Blue Apron's ever-changing mix of premium, plant-forward, vegetarian, carb-conscious, Mediterranean, diabetes-friendly, WW-approved, and 500-calorie or less options. Here's the deal. It is super inexpensive for you to feed your entire family with a chef-designed, ready-to-cook meal, perfectly portioned ingredients, and lots of flavorful options all sent directly to your door with prices starting as low as $7.49 per person. They're super flexible too. You got a busy week or you traveling? Skip weeks or cancel at any time. Let Blue Apron take care of meal planning so you can enjoy everything else. Over half of their signature menu is stacked with ready-to-cook meals designed for balanced eating. All meals are super super easy to prepare. Literally, I've never had a meal that hasn't taken more than 40 minutes, and some I've done in low as 20 minutes, in addition to 11 weekly recipes that range from grain bowls, salads, pastas, comfort food. Blue Apron now offers a weekly premium recipe that makes any night a special night. You get get prime protein options and interesting dishes that may use techniques that you haven't tried before and then become techniques that you use all the time you often learn something new while cooking with blue apron and i will say this without a doubt a family that eats together is closer and my family is closer because of blue apron even when we don't eat a blue apron our family gets together and has dinner and that is because of blue apron we weren't doing that until we started making blue aprons and it has allowed my daughters to expand their palate and things they would have never tried, they will try if it's on Blue Apron. Cooking doesn't have to be a hassle. 
Blue Apron gives you options and makes it easy, taking the guesswork out of dinner so you can enjoy a home-cooked meal. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash BurtCast. That's blueapron.com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron. Feed your soul. This podcast is brought to you by Whoop. We're all trying to figure out different ways to be healthier. Good God, that is going on so hardcore in my house right now. Leanna's down, I think, 13 or 14 pounds, and I am up 10 pounds. She's saying, it's you got to go to the gym. You got to be smarter about nutrition. But I often tell her, and I've learned this through my experience through Sober October, that sleep is overlooked as a crucial part of what makes us all perform to our best every day. I am exhausted today. I barely got any sleep last night. So much, in fact, so little sleep, in fact, that I was afraid to look at my whoop. Tomorrow's best work is done by night. And our sponsor, Whoop, is a fitness tracker that provides next-level insights so users can be smarter about sleep and optimize their performance. Through its 24-7 physiological data collection and industry-leading accuracy, Whoop provides those key personalized insights and deep analytics that will actually let you know how much sleep you need, how recovered your body is to take on each day, and how much strain you put on your body from everything you do in and out of training. I'm telling you when I say Sleep is so valuable, and if you don't know how you're sleeping, if you're getting an inaccurate reading of how you're sleeping, you're not getting any help with your sleep. Whoop's readings are so accurate. If you're looking to be smarter about sleep, recovery, and training so you can be at your best, then you have to get a Whoop. For my listeners, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use the code BERT at checkout to save 15% off your order. Unlock your best self today. I am unlocking my best self tomorrow, and I am going to bed right after this, and I am charging my whoop currently, and I will let you know what my reading is on Instagram tomorrow. But like, oh, so, but getting back to uh, to Dino and I is that, so oh, yeah. the, the question is that, yeah, I plan, like, we, like I bought a guitar on the road this last time. I saw it. Yeah, and like, you know, we just, we when we're in the car, you know, we'll listen to certain music. We like the certain music. He knows a lot more about music and about instruments and shit. And I like that shit. So it's always a, a good conversation around that stuff. Yeah. You know, I like stuff that he doesn't know about. Um, and he'll explain shit to me. Cause like he's, you know, I get, you know, I'm crazy compulsive guy, but he knows everything about uh, motorcycles, uh, cars, watches, guitars, amps, jeans, boots, you know, it's, that's his life. By the way, those are all really cool things to know about. Right. But no one knows him like him. Yeah. And and he, you know, like, he knows the shit. Because uh, he used to be into it. Like, and you don't, the thing you don't know about Dean, outside of being a great comic, is that, like, he's always hustling shit. Rock t-shirts. He's a big rock t-shirt guy right now. Really? He's been to every concert in the world. Yeah. And he, he used to, like, buy and sell uh, guitars and amps. So he knows all that shit. And he played, too. So we always have a pretty good time. Yeah, I end up buying, you know, guitars and jackets and stuff when yeah. I'm with him. What about, would you be a ride, ride a motorcycle? No, I, uh, my dad was an orthopedic surgeon when I was a kid before he was a, a broke ass sad man. Um, but uh, so he, he did that thing where he like, you want to ride a motorcycle? Come with me to the hospital. I want to show you a guy that, uh, you know, so he brought me a, it was a scared straight situation. My dad did that with lawsuits. Mm. Oh, really? Doberman? Think that's a good looking dog? Take a look. Literally, take a look at this picture that got attacked by a Doberman. We're suing them. 
And I was like, fuck. Uh, yeah, my dad was, oh, really? Oh, you think fireworks are a good idea? Take a look at this lawsuit. And you're like, Jesus oh, really? Christ. Oh, yeah, my dad my dad operates out of out of fear. Yeah. I he, had a mini bike. Really? Yeah. When you were a kid? Yeah. In New Mexico? Yeah. And he, and he also, he had a motorcycle, but it was only for dirt, like a little Suzuki 90. Seems like it would be fun. Yeah, I was never that, I was always a little nervous about it. I could ride the mini bike around, but he was, they were, you know, he got, he had these things, but he wouldn't let us do much with them. Uh, I'm not that big of a daredevil. You know what I mean? So when you play the guitar, I play the guitar, but I feel like maybe I'm lost because when you play the guitar, I noticed that you, first of all, you're good, but like when you sit down to play the guitar, do you, do you write your own music? Do you play other songs that you like playing? I improvise. I, I wish I'd done more of that. Like there are guys who like learned how to play by learning other people's leads and that's stuff. How I, that's how I learned how to play by I'd learn a song from someone else. Yeah. And I can only play other songs. I couldn't do my own thing. No, see, like I learned the scales and then I learned the riffs. So I can play along leads and stuff. But I'm not great at like knowing chords and stuff. I need to do that more. Really? But I just jam. Like, you know, I can, yeah, basic shit, basic rock, basic country, some stone shit. I can definitely, you know, get the hang of it. But I was always just, you know, playing leads and licks and learning leads and licks. Like Jimmy Vivino, when I used to do Conan, he'd show me new licks. And then eventually he lets me play with him sometimes. I think you played when I was on. On, oh, was I? Me, you, and Dean were on, and oh, you played. Oh, that's right. And he let, that was the one time he let me play. But if he's got a combo thing out in the valley, he'll oh, let me come real? sit in for a couple songs. Yeah. Well, that's it's cool. great. I, I played with Slash at a thing. That was pretty wild. I drank with Slash. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's an interesting guy. You just See, which him. is more creative, do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have a really great Slash story, yeah. so I don't, I don't know. I, other than I play guitar with him. I have a great Slash story that involves Patrice O'Neal and a girl with, uh, with um, uh, what's it called? Cerebral palsy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I always feel like if I... You've told that, I assume. I'm sure. It's oh, not yeah. worth it. Oh. it. By the way, in today's culture, it's a tad bit cruel. Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah. So Patrice, you, you had no, no Patrice story ever comes out <laughs> past woke culture where you can defend it. You had to shelve that story. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's one of the ones where you, I put it in my book, and I was like, I'll leave it there. Um. So back to your hour. I want to talk to you about. Hold on one sec. What's the matter? Sorry, buddy. Um. I guess I need to record something. Um, hmm. What do you need to record? Don't know. Must have fucked something up. I'm going to be home. I mean, I, it shouldn't be a problem. I'll get you out of here in, within 30. I know your your podcast, you don't like to go much over an hour, so I'll keep you in that. In what that. do you do usually? I do anywhere from like, anywhere from an hour to two hours. Well, I don't want to let down. Every, like, I feel... Like, I kind of wonder about this. Like, lately, I've been wondering. Because just like you said, I have you know, notes. what kind I have notes. If we're talking about WTF, I have notes. Keep coming. About, like, you said, like, what kind of dude am I? And I think sometimes I'm misunderstood. You I know, think like, you're definitely misunderstood. Because, like, you, you know, I don't know how people categorize me. But, like, you know, I know, look, I know your audience. Like, when when you sell out, like, I, I go down to Florida. You know, I was at the Hard Rock, mm -hmm. you know, in Orlando. And I sold like 900,000 9, tickets, 900 to 1,000 tickets. Place seats, what, 12, 14. You're doing two, show, two shows there. And I think to myself, well, certainly Bert's going to have more people down here than I am. Yeah, I grew like, up there. Right. And I'm not, you know, but in general, I know like I'm not drawn. We don't have a lot of crossover. 
because we uh, there's a sense there's a sense that yeah. we're a different type of guy. I can imagine that, but right. I would imagine I would imagine I would imagine a lot of my fans listen to WTF, yeah, but would not go see you live based on w what their taste in stand up is. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the same with Joe. You know, Joe's got his dudes, and I'm not one of those dudes. But then I realize, like, what kind of what kind of dude am I really? But I'm not like I'm not some puss. No, not you know? at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and I'm not like I'm I'm the real deal. You're a fantastic yeah. comedian. So like you know, I it's it's fine with me. But I I don't really quite understand like this special and even my last special. Look, I understand like you, you know with Joe maybe his crew politically there might be some differences or you know or 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 they have a problem with me philosophically or maybe I don't like uh, I condescend a bit to uh, like UFC and shit. And I don't know about that stuff and I yeah. can't talk sports and you know, I don't want to fucking do who was in genetics, but I have, yeah, you know, but I, I don't always know like, you know, where the, you know, why everyone's got these separate camps, but I feel like they are. I mean, uh, you got Joe guys, but I don't, I don't know. I think I have a few Joe guys, but they're not, they're more like guys who like, I listen to Joe sometimes. I think I think Joe guys are a much broader uh, spectrum. Clearly, and I think and I but I think you and Joe have a lot more in common than not. For instance, um, Joe doesn't know much about sports. He knows about UFC. Yeah, but that's it. You can't yeah. you can't talk to him about basketball. Any, I would I would argue <laughs> Joe couldn't name one professional basketball player. Yeah. I would actually probably put money on it. Yeah, because you'll say stuff to him like. I remember one time I was like, "Hey man, I got Warren Sapp is a good I'm is a friend. Uh, he should be on the podcast." He's like, "I don't know who that is." Uh, and he's like one of the more famous football players and worked for NFL Network or ESPN at the time. Uh, but I but I do I would agree that you are misunderstood and I think that goes to like I wonder where that goes to because you're insightful, thoughtful, the people you have on your your interviews are fucking amazing. Most of, I think most of it comes from uh, this idea of where I am politically. And I, I you, you know, I think I, you and Joe are more similar yeah, politically yeah. than, than apart. No, for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know who it is or what it happens, but it's usually right wingy guys that, they, that, 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 that ruined the party for people who want to like me from that ilk of person. That's interesting. Cause yeah. you know, those, it's funny that I, I went on a pod. I went on a podcast with a guy. I wish I knew his name. Very insightful dude, and he was like, uh, it was in New York, and uh -huh. it was out of like I want to say out of NPR, and, or something like that. Yeah, and um, on a campus in Brooklyn, and he was like, uh, he was like, so you're like uh, alt right, and I was like, no, what? That's what I said. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, well, you watch uh, these these fight videos online of the Antifa versus alt right, and I went, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and he's like, and I you're cheering for the alt-right guys and i was like well no i'm cheering for the guy in the and then i'm sitting there going what am i representing like yeah. and and then i i kind of this is why we stopped doing this one podcast i had called open tabs because i was like wait how am i representing my i didn't even know how i was representing myself right. people people i knew how people per were perceiving it and they were perceiving it that i was all right oh. and then i came out saying i'm definitely not all right then the alt-right attacked me and and came after me and i was what? like yeah, and there was a point where at one point in my podcast, all I re read in the comments were state your fucking politics. And I was like, oh, I'm done with this. We stopped doing that podcast altogether. I, st I was like- Yeah, because like you're, you're a comedian. I'm a comedian. And by the way, probably one of the more liberal people 
you'll ever meet in this of course, country. Of course. But just based on the fact of where I live, who I interact with, how I see the world. How'd and you get associated with that? See, that's the fucking thing is Same. like, once, once it gets out there, you have no control over how you're going to be used. No, not at all. And how you're going to be represented. Like one of Joe's freaks did some stupid documentary about the, the fail, you know, how I, you know, how uh, this like one of those weird documentaries about how, you know, I, you know, I, I lost all of my listeners because I started oh, talking about Trump. Oh, I know. I almost know exactly who this did is, to this. He does documentaries yeah. like um, now the tale of the worm Jim Norton. Something and, like whatever. And, it and it's just. Was it an anti-Jim? Yeah, anti-Jim. So it's just a huge yeah. anti, and I'm certain I'll probably get one now, but like a huge anti-Jim campaign. Yeah, but that's how propaganda works now, whatever his intentions are. However, you, you know, the current political climate has sort of activated these, you know, miserable, angry fuckers who are alone in their homes and, you know, generally pissed off about their lot in life, but are incredibly adept at, uh, at technology. <laughs> incredibly adept. You know, like, you know, they have a lot of power to take you and do whatever they want to with you know, what you put out in the world. And it's a little scary, you know, and, and some of them are right-wingy and some of them, you know, they just like starting shit. But a lot yeah. of them have been turned out by the right wing. So, and I don't know how many of them have infiltrated, you know, the Joe base or your base or anyone's base, who knows? But I, I just, I, and also I have no real, like, I know, I just know that I'm not a jock. But yeah, but here's what's crazy is I listen to your podcast. I yeah. listen to all of them. Sure. You're not, by any stretch of the means, are you, political on your podcast your nope. your interview i'm a little nervous about authoritarianism happening yeah and, and you'll say <laughs> and i don't like trump you'll say intelligent things yeah but you're not you're not rolling into uh a I'm, fucking i'm not doing commentary but i definitely am anti-trump yeah so like and and for me I, I don't have any problem with that because i i believe that i've been doing a bit about it you know it's yeah. actually on my special where it's just sort of like I I basically say that you know he's really one of the shittiest people that's ever done anything and and I believe all even people who like him know that yeah. they know that in their heart that mm -hmm. he's shitty yeah. but they're kind of shitty and they're excited about being able to be proud to be shitty so yeah. <laughs> but 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 I have this witness test about you know like the way to tell is like let's say Trump is who he is but we no one knows who he is he's got a different job and he's working at a used car lot. Okay. And you're on the lot and you're looking at cars. You're looking, walking around, looking at the prices on the windshields. And out of the trailer where the sales guy is, out walks Trump. Any human being, when they looked at him, would have the same experience, which would be like, oh, I'm not going to deal with that guy. There's, <laughs> there's, isn't there, there's no other salesman here? Like, it, it's, it's, that's what anyone would feel in that moment. <laughs> there's got, isn't there someone else on the lot? <laughs> If Trump walked up as your waiter, you'd be like, oh, oh I can't. Uh, I'm sorry. Where, where's my... <laughs> but like, so like, I, I definitely have that, you know, and then so... Why can't... But here's my question. Why can't so, someone who's all right laugh at that? I think it's fucking hilarious. You would think so. But what they do is they lump you because we're into this team sports thing yeah. is that, you know, once you, they represent you as a liberal, then you're the, the you know, the, you're the other team. You, you are, you know, you represent this you know, this horrendous, they, they've characterized liberalism in this very weird way. And anybody who's anti-Trump somehow falls into this kind of like, you know, whatever it is that they think it is. Yeah. And then you're, you're part of the enemy. So, so that's the problem is those guys. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'll play devil's advocate. The left has them too. Sure. The I'm left, not saying the that. The left is, 
what what frustrates me about the left is I go, I sometimes I feel like it's people that aren't creative enough to come up with content yeah. just post shit about Trump. And I'm like, dude, you're you're just you're proving everyone's isolating everyone more to where a guy like you who I don't I know is liberal. I know you're liberal. I think everyone knows you're liberal. You're right. very open minded. You're a very intelligent person. But to 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 lambast you further left than you need to be when you're just regular left you're just regular <laughs> just look, just I'm, like i'm just a guy that wants you know it to be correct yeah. for people i want it to be fair for everyone yeah Here, i said one day and this is my politics i want everyone to feel as awesome as i feel mm. i want everyone i feel really good and if there's a kid who's uh identifying a female and and his transitioning i mean i'm not i'm not yeah. saying like like two years old or whatever but like right, right. If, if, a, if a kid in my daughter's grade yeah. wants to transition yeah. and change their pronouns and that will make them feel like i feel when i wake up yeah i'm all fucking for it right yeah you know people change and people wanted to you know you, you what is freedom really and why does somebody have to dictate you know what's horrible what isn't just because of some old idea of whether it's christianity yeah. or the a sense of you know white ethnicity uh in in terms of like being the right thing like what what are the the standards for these people that put themselves as as a judge to everyone else to say like you know whatever freedom means it should mean that people can pursue the happiness that they want to pursue and now there's a lot of people that are like you know fuck that this is what it is get on board or you're part of the problem if i think it's people that feel like you're they're taking you're taking stuff away from them well yeah they're they might be mad about a lot of things but you know we're, you don't have to go too far into a rabbit hole about it i just i but my basic fear let's now, go back to let's go back to my the, basic the, fear is uh, that authoritarianism can happen and it can happen here and you know i'm you started to feel the rumblings of it now of course the righties will be like oh here we go you know, yeah, like yeah. lefties are more fascist. I'm like, it's not really right. And it's a false equivalency. But, you know, the way that he's running the country is clearly not about uniting the United States. Right. It's, it's clearly not. That I think I think pretty much everyone can agree with. Right. It's not about bringing so people what together. what kind of leader is that? You pretty much agree on what? <laughs> that he's not trying to, trying, he's not waking up going, how do I get people closer? No, for fuck no. So that's the old way of how to, how to, how to run a, a proper like run a proper government not proper government there was a guy i was friends with i'll tell you his names later and my wife said he is a guy that what he does when he goes to a party is he grabs people and isolates them and he takes their time pulls them away from people and then when they go to back he grabs someone else and isolates them he doesn't want people talking at the same times about him or to him uh, or around him huh. and it was really fascinating huh. that i was like i don't know what correlation yeah. you can draw from that but interesting well yeah like well he's needy so then let's get back let's get back to the, the point special? of no 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 oh. of of why what is it that what is it that makes certain listeners of yours that are bros cuz yeah. I'm I've been a listener since day 1. Yeah. Day 1 I've been a listener. Yeah. What makes it that they go they don't buy, go out and buy a ticket actively buy a ticket? Because I think you are everyone has said this. You're one of the fucking greatest stand-ups we have when i say we yeah. i mean the store but the store is where the mecca of stand-ups happening right yeah. now you've been brilliant your entire career all your books your pot everything yeah. you put out is of quality not just that your fucking movies glow the fucking sword movie sort of the trust yeah sort of trust everything you do is of quality you're in fucking joker for christ's sake <laughs> yeah so like 
where is it? Where is the disconnect? Do you believe? Oh, because I could say my connect is that I think maybe too broadly. I brand I branded myself as the guy who drinks, yeah. even though I could argue against it. I'm the guy who parties. party guy. Yeah, yeah. Party guy. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know that. Uh, I think a lot of people don't necessarily associate me with stand up. You know, like, I don't know that, like, I have a huge podcast audience and it, it, that's what initially grew my audience. Yeah. I don't know how many people watch those specials, really. I know that my last special was great. Yeah. It was the best I ever did. And this one coming out is pretty unique and just as good, if not better, you know, but I don't know that. I also, because of the nature of how I do stand up, I don't know if I'm any, if I'm everyone's idea of a night out. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, when you're, like it's kind of a lot to deal with, man. You know, it's not. <laughs> I have a visual of a couple walking yeah, out yeah. of the show and her going, "Honey, do you want to get some merch?" He's like, "I just want to go home." <laughs> I think it'd be things, flipped. Things are looking good. Yeah, yeah. I want to fucking talk to you about what he said. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I need to quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well there you oh. go that's the answer oh that's the answer I'm not, <laughs> that might be the funniest thing i've ever heard ever i think that's the answer though i think that people are like you want to go see mark maron i'm like i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love him he's funny but it's a lot it's gonna be a lot oh. why what is it how do you see how do you see the world then like if that if that if you think that is because i watch when i watch you the thing I love about you is you're unpredictable with what you're going to say or what your take's going to be. Right. I won't say exact jokes because I don't know what is and isn't in your special. But I remember one night watching you in the belly room. All else, uh, go ahead. And, 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 it doesn't and, matter. And, and we were you were and you you were like and by the way we, we can take this out if you'd like us to but you were up there you sit on a stool and you just very casually go it's a great vibe in this club isn't it and everyone goes yeah and like. It's Stand us back, and you're like, yeah. You go either that or the witch is almost dead, and <laughs> and we we everyone in the back is crying, laughing. But your your candor, your candor's always been like just, uh, and that and that's what you love about you love guys like you and Burr. Mm. I mean, I don't think Burr's Burr's stand up is the same vein as yours. It's like pretty serious, pretty. He is, but I think like one thing that he gains too, like uh, yeah, he's a little more uh uh easily aggravated and paranoid than i am but also he's got a family and i think like being able to speak honestly about having a wife and kids and yeah. stuff that's a big chunk of people and i think it's also like like uh i remember tommy lee said uh i really i was talking to tommy lee at doing britney furlong's podcast uh -huh. he was like oh, i really love bill burr's material and i was like really like a guy who's been going through actively going through anger management classes sees eyes item with burr right get the fuck out no way i didn't see that comment tommy yeah. well no it makes but yeah, sense. yeah yeah it makes total sense yeah you know and i've dealt with like the you know him and i like i did jokes about my anger you know like specific like you know we all kind of who knows why anyone's going to become successful or what or, or, or what you know it's we don't know right. you know who's going to become huge and and sometimes people you think should do but all i know for me is that I have found a, a core group of people, but even this hour that I've been doing this two hour thing or hour and a half, like, you know, I started to feel towards the end of it. Like I really realized like this is heavy shit, you mm -hmm. know? And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm riding a line and it's good. It's entertaining, you know, but I'm not I, I like, 
like there, like I got to a point where I'm like, what is my job? And and then I, I started like, haven't we been entertained enough? I mean, what the fuck am I supposed to do for you people? Yeah. I mean, you there's some fuck. We're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So so and I know that, and I've got to get through it day to day. And part of that is by making you laugh about it. But it's heavy shit. But this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. And I think I take the probably exact opposite approach of where I go. I take and I go. Let's not look at that. Right. I can't yeah, do that. Yeah. And and really. I think, but I think that's why I like watching you or Burr because you guys don't mind taking a look at it yeah if you, it's tricky you know because like i can very easily you know tilt you know like um like you know it's a very fine line to do what i do like to to manage the funny because i could easily tilt to like looking out in the audience and seeing people going like oh it's me sad you know <laughs> <laughs> like oh this is oof. you know <laughs> like the stuff i'm talking about you know usually when you talk about it People like if I, if you're talking about like the end of the world yeah. or like you know uh, you know global you know climate change you know or you know like like this one of these things where I just got a new joke about that recently that you know people will adapt to anything so whatever the truth is you know you you know there is truth yeah. you know, we're causing trouble but yeah. people like the reason why people believe anything is because they'll adapt my two years ago three years ago I was down in Florida and that fucking water dude. Like I'm, my mother's in in Hollywood, and I was staying on the beach. That water's coming up to the A1A at night. It's like the the street is underwater. Oh, they have to tap. They have ships go out and uh, shovel sand back onto the beach because it's going. Yeah, it's going. So, and I said to my mother, I'm like, "What the fuck's with the water in the streets?" And she was like, "I don't know. It's the pipes or something." I'm like, "What?" She goes, "It's gone in the morning." So, like, people will adapt to whatever. It's called happened. tide. <laughs> you know. So, but, but either way, the, the special is what it is. I mean, it's called end times fun and it's about the end times and it's got an insane closer that is like, you know, it, look, man, like I really, like, I really honored my heroes in this fucking special. So who are your, who are your guys? That's a Mark Maron question. Yeah. Well, I mean, like w listening to the stuff, you know, there's definitely like, uh, I can feel me sort of honoring Hicks. I can feel me, you know, sort of honoring Carlin, sort of honoring, uh, you know, prior to a degree, mm -hmm. like, you know, like engaging my emotions, but also like the last piece of the bit, the last bit is like this. It's almost like an opera. I mean, yeah. it's a big bit. It's crass. It, it, it could possibly offend a lot of people. It's like a lot of people. By the way, this is exactly how you sell a special these days. It possibly could have had a lot of, but I'm immediately I go this. I got to find this. I got to find out where my line in the sand is drawn. No, it definitely, like you know, I don't, I don't want to say who, but it's like a fairly two different groups could get very offended, <laughs> or they could come together. You know, yeah. and I talk about uh, you know all the stuff. I talk about a little bit about politics, a little bit about religion, about you know drugs, about you know love, about uh about being woke about you know and about um prophecy and i did you know just the regular stuff yeah the regular <laughs> stuff jesus christ so wait I so am. i do, I how, do a, talk a lot about jesus how do you go about and i know this is kind of a pedestrian question mm -hmm. something you'd ask someone someone that isn't in the business would ask you but i i ask you from my perspective of like how do you how do you see the seed of a bit like how do you go when you got nothing when you started this hour brand new what was your first bit? And you, you were like, I could jump off from there. Like, I don't, like to me, like, and, and I think it's all sort of this ongoing conversation. Like my brain, I've changed a bit over time, but I seem to talk about 
some of the same things for years because it's just who I am. These are the things I talk about. That's what Stanhope said. Stanhope at one point said, I've written all the jokes I'm going to write. Now I'm just rewriting jokes about the same subjects. I don't know if if, if it's quite that because the conversation evolves, right? For that, the one I'm having. Mm-hmm. about death about love about relationships about because you evolve whatever. and you change and exactly you're, you, you kind of you know like you know if i start like i've i've talked about you know i say like i you know i don't you know have a god because it wasn't put in me you know but and for me to find god at my age it's 56 you know the, the wheels would really have to come off and i <laughs> And I don't know what, you know, so it's just an honesty to it. Yeah. I'm not against it. I'm not yeah. saying like, fuck God or there's yeah. no God, but yeah. like, yeah, I didn't get it. Someone <laughs> didn't plant it in there and I don't think it's going to happen. So, so like that evolves. And then like lately I've, I've been sort of like, uh, I feel better about a lot of things. I'm not as mad as I used to be. And, and, uh, I accept a lot more than I used to. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that used to upset me that don't, and I don't really know if I'm I'm just, you know, getting older and wiser or I have the beginning of Alzheimer's. I don't know. And, but I think if I do have Alzheimer's, people are not appreciating that first few months as much as they should. <laughs> Dude, you're, I mean, just like, I got nothing like that in this special of mine. I got nothing. I'm like fucking talking about shitting in gender neutral bathrooms. <laughs> fucking that's important it's important yeah but just because i'm i that's the difference that's the kind of fucking guy i am i'm a heady fucking dude i spend a lot of time up here you know thinking about shit you know and a lot of the stuff i'm thinking about people go like what the fuck is that where did that come from that's what i do that's the kind of person i am are you the kind of person that sits down at a dinner party and people start a conversation with you and you pick up where you left off in your head where you're like oh like like it's it's already like you've been playing uh double dutch and all of a sudden they're like holy shit i didn't know we we're gonna talk <laughs> yeah. about all this right now i'm not quite no no like late like i don't spend a lot of time with a lot of people like that i don't know real well but i tend to listen more i let people like over the years of doing the podcast i really just sort of like i ask questions i figure out where people are at and then i and then i i, I go from there you know and if something gets exciting about what we're talking they're talking about then then we'll start but i don't like i used to be like a you know a like a kind of a pompous you know loud mouth about shit but i i don't do it anymore you your podcast is so do you ever do you ever think about like the sliding doors of had that not happened oh dude yeah i mean i don't think about no i don't think about what would have happened had it not happened but it wasn't good it you was. know like i don't like it was just one of those things where i started doing a thing that and there wasn't very much of it out there and um and my cosmic timing was just right and my skill set was on on, Your on the skill, mark. it was it was that it's it's the uh the the book that malcolm gladwell put out about uh five thousand hours 10, no but the ten thousand hours but you you were in radio for real doing Air a little America. bit you know like it, i didn't like i wouldn't i i it was probably better off i wasn't a radio veteran you weren't but, a radio veteran but you got the opportunity to learn i did you know, and, and the, the biggest thing I learned there was just that moment where I could take a, you know, I could man a mic myself. That was really the, the biggest moment was that I could speak freely on a mic without being too self-conscious that I learned on air America when I started talking about my cats on a political show, because yeah. I just couldn't deal with the politics anymore. So I started talking about these fucking cats that I trapped and, and, and I got so much email from it because there was a, an excitement about it and there was an engagement to it. So I realized like, I, I can do this. Like I can connect this way. Like not everybody who gets on these mics. No, but no, but you could, you could, but, but I right. would say I watched, I watched the 
process of growth. Yeah. At those early interviews. Yeah, yeah. Those but, early interviews. Working shit out. Were so good in yeah. that that you were not you were not handing anyone anything. If anything, you guys were going back and forth right. on everything. I remember those interviews so vividly. The one with Stanhope was like Janine Garofalo, like those ones, Patton, you, yeah. like Louis, like all those ones were like ones where I'm just like sitting there going like, this is not how it's supposed to be done. Like I, I remember being like this, it's supposed to be friendlier. Like why is it so fun? Like just being like. I was, I was not happy. It was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful part of your personality. Uh, and it's, and by the way, when you started going to these, uh, when I, when, when you started going to bigger names and bigger talents yeah. and, and it was just like, oh, this is because you, in that process, I feel like you became this A-class interviewer where it was like all of a sudden, like, I remember like the silliest one was one of the Zappas and oh, I was yeah. just fucking riveted. Yeah. Like rib. I've never cared about a Zappa in my life. Oh, what, the, recently? With, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. With uh, Dweezil? It was yeah. heavy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sad, yeah. right? The, yeah. About his brother and his mom taking the money. And and then and then uh, Bob Dylan's son. Oh, Jacob. I was, that was heavy. I was like. Like I, I, I had one interaction with Jacob Dylan in my life. I sat at a table with him, and all I kept saying is, "Like, how much money do you make?" Like, I was fucking. I was. It was. It was. It was weird because, like, that was delicate. That shit's delicate, you know. Because, like, I know how am I gonna, how like, it, there's tricks that I've learned over time. So how do you get around to it? Like, you don't want to talk. He doesn't want to talk about his dad, and I don't know if that's because he's mad at him or what. But it turns out, no, he's not mad at him. And he calls him when he's got a question about songwriting. And it's like, he's, it's my dad. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So it took us three quarters of an hour for you to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I got to dance around it, you know? Yeah. But it, like, that happens. So, like, today, even with Mike Campbell, like, he's got, you know, it was heavy, dude. It was you like, could you talk about Betty dying? Well, that was the weird thing. It's like, sometimes with musicians, I don't know how far I can go, right? Or in terms of like, what am I really going to get here? How, how long, you know? It, it was a little under an hour, which is fine. But, but like, I know he put out this new record with his new band, you know, uh, The Dirty Knobs. And it's okay. It's good. And yeah. a lot of it sounds like they would be good Tom Petty songs. But, but right out of the gate, it was wild because, you know, he sat down and I don't know anything about him, but I love the music. And I just said, like, you know, before we get going, man, I just want to say I'm, I'm sorry about the loss of your friend. And like, and he just was like, oh. and like, he's like, whoa, you know, I, you think you're over it and, and just give me a minute. It was like that, you know? And I was like, okay, now let him have it. And then we get on with it, you know, but yeah. so that, so yeah. So yeah, I was able to talk about that. I mean, what else is there to talk about with that? See, that's the weird thing about what I do is yeah, like, what, is going, what, like, you know, how, how did Petty die? It's like, I don't know. Do you think I'm going to ask that guy that? Yeah. What, what was he on? What was he doing? You yeah. Know, it's, like, yeah it's, it's almost like a digging apart a casserole. Why? To but, look but, for but it's like, why? Like, there's the moment this guy lost his friend and, and, and I pay respect to that. And he felt it. This is, what do you care? Well, because moment. Right. But, but what do you care? Like what, how that guy died? Do you know on some level? Yeah. He made a lot of great music, whatever. He did. If he, he OD'd somehow, you know? Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I See, I would just avoid having that person on my podcast because I would be like, I don't know what to talk to him no, about. No, but like I had Ronan Farrow on and people were like, well, you did you ask him about who his dad is? I'm like, no. What are you, stupid? He's, he's going to give the same answer he gives all the time and I'm, it's just going to ruin the interview. <laughs> Tell me about your dad. 
you, you know, feel like your dad's ground zero for the Me Too movement? <laughs> well, no, a bit, the Sinatra thing is what I'm talking about. Oh, is he? We is, talked about Is Woody. he Sinatra's kid? No, some people think that. Oh, for real? Yeah. And people were like, you know, do And I, I kept looking at him, though. I wasn't going to ask the question, but I kept on. <laughs> and I don't think he is. Really? No. What's he, what's he look like? I don't even know what he looks like. He's very handsome. But really? people, yeah, but people put him next to Sinatra. But like, he was like 70 something. Sinatra. It's just not, it doesn't matter. Hey, it was a great, it was a great interview. That's crazy. So what, I want, let's talk about music real quick. Yeah. You always seem to have your finger on the pulse of something really cool that know. I've never heard of. That then, it, Yeah. Every time you're like, and then I was listening to this and then I go in and I'm like listening. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you talked about something one time on your podcast and then I hit it up and I was like, oh yeah, you listen to music like legit on a fucking turntable <laughs> yeah. by yourself. Yeah and listen to it i do i do do that so do give me a couple sleeper songs that i'm like like where you're like oh you know like like perfect example um you don't know how it feels oh. is one of the I, Oof, th on that yeah. that song can on such yeah, a, yeah. a deep level yes where I, I i listen to it and i'm like so let's get Oh, to the point yeah let's roll right another joint so good, turn the man. radio loud i'm too alone to be proud you, you don't know, know how, how it feels. feels what a fucking like i can listen to that on an airplane and just be like crying oh yeah yeah a lot of wilco songs will make me cry yeah. like anything about what anything that seems like parenthood or not being a there as a dad i'm like <clears throat> jesus christ but like, what's something, tell me some songs or some musicians that you've been into lately. Because I always feel like that's like an important thing. A good takeaway from a podcast yeah. is when I go, I was like, I'm like, oh yeah, I can like that. Oh, fuck yeah. I, that's something I can now add to my life or check out. I was just looking at my phone and music actually. Like right now. Oh man. I, Here, you know, I'll give you some time and I'll tell you what I just downloaded okay. recently. You ready? Yeah. Uh, Everything by Fish. Because I just did some shows. Yeah, in people Burlington, want me to Vermont. get into that. I've not done it. Uh, Post but like, Malone. I listen to, like, I've been listening to one Grateful Dead song a lot lately. What song? Uh, I'm a big Grateful Dead fan. Are you a big Grateful Dead? Oh. I've been sort of hung, and you know, Dino's late to the dead, but he's into the dead. Uh, he's gone is the one I've been listening to. Oh. Do you know the song? He's gone. I'm going to see if I have it. It's on the, the original. It's on live in '72. Europe '72 is the first time they played it um i don't have it i don't He's have gone. it i'm getting it right now dude oh i love it i, I don't know why that, that one I, you know I, I i'm wired for the dead from way back touch of gray was my intro to the dead well that's nothing touch it but that was the first thing that i saw it on tv mm. and i was like okay mid-roll reads mid-roll reads what are they these are mid-roll reads <laughs> if there's one thing humans aren't great at it's predicting the future take a look around no amount of crystal balls Fortune cookies or tea leaves can predict the world we're living in right now. But unpredictability is also what keeps life interesting. I like the chaos of it sometimes, too. The trick is to enjoy the ride without worrying what's around the next corner. One way to worry less right now is to get the right life insurance. That's where Policy Genius can help. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. You can save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the red tape 
for free. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and or disability insurance. So if you haven't found a play-by-play breakdown of your future inside a crystal ball or a fortune cookie, that's okay. Be prepared for anything with life insurance. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. Policy Genius. We'll always get the future wrong. Better get the life insurance right. I would get it off of... Um, I don't have, it's not even have it in... Huh? Oh, let me see. They got it in Apple Music. Yep. He's gone live in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. 72? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I'm getting this whole fucking album. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I've been really into fish lately. Mm. Um, that was just because we were in Burlington, Vermont. Something I... Someone told me something that I thought was really interesting, and I'm stealing this from another comic. Yeah. But they found out I was listening to a lot of fish, and they go, don't you love going into a city and listening to the band that's famous in that city oh. and then learning about that city through the music of that band? And I went, I've never done that in my life. Right. Like, I went to Burlington, and I was like, I know fish is here. I'm, I was a fan of fish. I'm Do like, they write about Burlington a lot? Uh, no, but it's interesting driving through their streets. So, seeing, like, you go to... Uh minneapolis you're like replacements prince prince oh who just said this to me who i just they just said minneapolis prince yeah uh we were it's so funny so funny i go with the replacements that's so funny so wait okay i'll name a city you say the band the the city from the band i know austin like what would you think austin willie nelson okay uh, perfect perfect yeah uh what about i like uh, alejandro escovito too he's an austin guy really at that first album he did that's like a weird like singer songwriter dude used to be in rank and file back in the 80s but he's sort of a like you know he used to he's an austin guy but uh he wrote he did an album called um wasn't daniel what's his name from austin johnston daniel johnston from Maybe. austin i think he might be yeah i had a hard time celebrating his death because he tried to kill his father in an airplane really yeah i don't know where i heard that by the way, that might not be accurate at all. <laughs> Apparently, his father was a pilot, was flying him home from a gig, and Daniel Johnston tried to kill both of them. Daniel Johnston was autistic, right? He had some problems. Alejandro Escovito is he's he definitely lives in Austin, and he did an album called uh, I think it's called Eleven. Hold on, Gravity. Uh, the album Gravity uh, is pretty pretty fucking beautiful. Good luck spelling Alejandro. A L E H a-n-d-r-o escovito e-s-c-o-v-e-d-o there's a there's um the last to know this song is like it's so you'll love it the very last to know more miles than money that's the that's the name of my first 15 years of touring right more miles than money i just oh yeah i'm buying him right now I'm buying Alejandro right Escovito Gravity is the record. Gravity? Gravity is the name of that album. They're all great songs on there. What do you think of Taylor Swift? Would you have her on? I'd have her on. I don't know anything about her. Oh, I think she's fucking, she's, she's a really great the song. The band right? I'm trying to get uh, my brain around. Is the name it, of the, Gravity is the name of the album? I'm yeah, buying it right now. Yeah. I'm going to listen to this on the plane tonight. The band I'm trying to get my brain around is Destroyer. Destroyer? Yeah. The guy, I guess he was part of the new pornographer as the lead singer. Oh my God. Hold on. I absolutely love that guy. Yeah. I fucking love the new pornographers. Dan, what's his name? Uh, Courtney Love will punch your face in. That guy? I think I may Destroyer? Hold on one second. Yeah. Dan Bejar. Yeah. So the name of the band's The Destroyers? No, just Destroyer. 
They've got uh, like 10 records. Out. This guy was so, I. that's so funny. In a world of like, where you can go on YouTube and say, what happened to dot, dot, dot. Is this the guy? When he hear a voice. You, big open. But there's <laughs> all these different sounds. He's got a new record out. But like, I never quite got it. And now I'm sort it's of called like. called Have We Met? The album? Yep. The same guy. Yeah. So wait, what's the name of this album? This one's called uh, Street Hawk, A Seduction. The new record is called Have We Met? But the records that like people told me to get started with are Thief and A City of Daughters. Like, there's a lot there. But the first few albums are kind of lo-fi kind of thing. What were the ones they said to get started with? Thief. Thief. And I think uh, City of Daughters, I think. City of called. Daughters, I'm, yeah. down, I'm buying it right now. Okay, because I love that guy. You know, that guy was like a big producer. So he would make a lot of music for other people. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, the craziest thing is I got in, I love that song that they did. Yeah. And he was like, oh, they, he just whipped that together. That's what he did is he was more like a producer. So he, when I think, if I'm not mistaken, he went on to produce a bunch of music. Mm. And I'm always like, I love that guy's style. I love that everything about him. And he, I think he lost his hair very young. Really? I think he went bald very young. He's got a lot of hair, this guy. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong fucking guy. Or maybe he guy. just shaved his head or Maybe there's another new print, new print. Maybe there's another guy in this there. This night's the other one. I'm buying both of those. See, this is what I love about a podcast is when you go. Yeah. The Jeff Tweedy podcast you did was pretty interesting. Yeah, because I'm not a huge Wilco guy. I do a lot better with guys who people love when I'm not that much in love with them. Why? Because I don't, I, I don't have the fanboy thing going. Like I can have a sort of a regular conversation with a guy that I might even resent a little bit. <laughs> like you listen to me with Keith Richards, it's ridiculous. With you and Brad Pitt Leo. That's stupid. <laughs> I got nervous listening to that podcast. <laughs> when Brad Pitt said he was a fan of yours, I said in my car, he knows who we are. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shut the fuck up. Exactly. He watched the entire season of yeah. Blow. Shut the fuck up. Marin. He's a Marin fan. Dude, what is that? We'll, we'll we'll get you out of here real soon. But what was that? What has that been like to go to go your entire career uh 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 as a stand-up respected in the community? All stand-ups, I think, up until recently when stand-ups definitely started to pop, all stand-ups always felt we were struggling up. Everyone never felt like there were we Sigur and I just said when we started there were like three theater acts it was Seinfeld uh maybe Brian Regan yeah. and like Larry the cable guy like those guys yeah now it seems like we're all getting opportunities to do you know those mid-sized theaters which maybe they weren't I don't even know what they were doing back in the day but Rock we've all shows. been we've all been struggling up in stand up the gig was acting you were you were one of the first guys to jump onto a big movie uh the one with the fucking camera crow movie almost famous yeah had almost, one line in there no but yeah but it's maybe it's because i listen to the podcast so yeah. much so anytime i hear lock the gates yeah, nothing I'm like, happened after that but but then but then it just exploded and well, i think like, what what the, the beauty of it was is that you know thank god we could you know circumvent the fucking club system i mean i came up in it to a certain degree you know and like you know i was a middle and a headliner i was looking down the barrel at being a b-room headliner for the rest of my life and like i knew what that was but i never really built a following on the road and i never got asked back a lot because of what i do and i couldn't do it any other way and uh, but what happened was through podcasts and different styles of media and ways of getting an audience 
you know, now we don't have to fight. The gatekeepers are us. Dude, I said in a meeting one time, I said, I just wanted to be clear. I got myself in this room. Yeah. Like no one greenlit me to get in here. Yeah. I busted my ass with my podcast, my social media, with all this shit. Like it wasn't Travel Channel that got me here. Yeah. And so it's interesting to say that this is the first time in our lives where before this, it was who got you into this room? Now it's we get ourselves into the room. People want to be part of it because they've lost. They don't know how to do anything. And they need, you know, you have to have certain momentum on your own now. Yeah. But like, but the the being able to circumvent the clubs is like, you know, in some ways it's a fucking gift, dude. It like really I, the fact that I don't even have to kiss any improv ass. I won't fucking do an improv ever because they can go fuck themselves. I heard you say this one night at the, on the patio at the store. And I was like, Mark, I think you sell a lot of tickets in Irvine. And you're like, fuck them. I won't. I do, I do not sell tickets at improvs yeah. or at Irvine. I, I did. And I don't need that embarrassment. Do you mm -hmm. know, like I have people, I have enough people, you know, in most cities to sell a thousand tickets in some cities, 2000 to 3000. All you need. Fine. That's right? all you need. So like, I got to go to fucking Brea and be embarrassed because I can't move for fucking 500 tickets in Brea and that, that was, fucking organization. And that was the flip. Was Listen that, was, do you hear that tone? Yeah. Oh, it's old style. Yeah. By the way, you're listening to a very successful man still having a problem with the improvs. One of the most successful comics in our industry. I do. All right. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. I don't do. I'm, there's I've been to your some, house. <laughs> it's always somebody I'm comparing myself to. I will have, I have visuals. I have visual takeaways that I bring that just things that I'll never forget. And one of them was you and your new, in that new house. I'm, I got to, the house to do the podcast and i was like i'm at the wrong house they sent me the wrong address and i was like even if he did buy a new house this isn't his house there's no way and then i saw a cigar and like a fucking uh, a rock magazine on the thing yeah. a book and i went okay maybe it is mark's house and you came out and i i it's it was the it was the the slice of the new man you were eating avocado and you were like hey bird and you were so calm and i was like oh shit Who's my god i was like get me here you were so excited dude. i was so fucking that's oh. a nice old house i got uh, dude i fucking love it but but that is true you were one of the guys my biggest fear my teams everyone in my team's biggest fear was that my fans were improv fans and i wasn't going to get them to go to a theater your fans have been waiting for you at theaters they they, they hate going to comedy clubs you're yeah you're one time i played the mall of america you know mm -hmm. early on in the podcast that's that place seats like a thousand I pulled yeah. about 30 people and they were my fans. They're like, we never come here. Does anyone come here? I'm like, clearly not. We had to walk by a Lego store. <laughs> that dead old mall. Out in the middle of fucking nowhere. What club would you still do that you still I still love? do clubs. What clubs? What, what are your favorite clubs out there? I got no problem with clubs, but the, outside the improvs. Mm -hmm. But like there was a time where our whole futures depended on these club owners' decisions about us. The whim and of it, the club owner where he says, right. hey, uh, you're going to hang out and party, right? And I was like, definitely. Right. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah you're the guy. That was me. I had, I, yeah, I remember or when we did open there. mics, when I was doing like fucking open mics in Boston, the dude who ran that place, making the list, changing it up. Like that guy, Robin Horton, crimes against comedy, that guy. Crimes against comedy. <laughs> I'll be in Boston this weekend. <laughs> yeah, he won't be there. I think yeah. he's up in Seattle being crazy. Um, but uh, I hate to throw anyone under the bus, but Danny Goldberg can go fuck himself too from Air, <laughs> from Air America. There's a lot of people I want to tell them fuck themselves. I just Let's get the list out. I just, I, you know, I'm a very sober guy, but there's a few people I can't fucking let go of. No, I, I like I do the comedy works in Denver. Yeah, I'll do uh great. Wendy's amazing. I like the I like the um 
where else have I gone? Oh, I'll go do Acme for Lewis anytime, but I'll, and I'll do the comedy on state in Madison. I'll Lewis do... would never have me in his club. He hated oh. me. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Wait. 12 years, dude. 12 years he had kicked me out for partying with a fucking waitress, I think. 12 years I was out, and then like one year I was up in Montreal, and he came back, he apologized. Groveled on. I wish he would apologize to me and just say, hey, man, I was wrong about you. You're That's not what a, he did to yeah. me. Yeah, that guy was, he was actually, they like, he was actually a little outright rude to me because I was doing the Jameson Comedy Store, and he went back and talked to everyone in the room about how great they were and how he had them in the club, and then looked at me and just walked out, and I went, huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah but, uh, but, but I can I can understand, I can understand guys with a highbrow sense of comedy looking at me going, like, I don't get it. Dude, my favorite comics to watch are guys like you, to be honest with you. Oh, thank you. And you. I, I oh, mean, yeah, I, I, was, I took the compliment before you even gave it. I was like, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> like, no, I I mean, I like uh, I like dudes that do straight fucking comedy, like, that are all in, physical. Like, I'm always envious of dudes who do physical comedy who are good at it. I'm envious of, I'm envious. I wish I could be more physical on stage. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I, I feel like I, when I started, I, res I respected guys like yourself, Mitch Hedberg, David Tell, mm. guys who were very cerebral and very intelligent. Guys, I was not that guy when I started. I was very physical, very like, I don't, let's not worry about writing jokes first. Let's worry about getting laughs. But your whole body's funny. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, yeah. but that's a rare gift. Like, I can watch Kevin James do an hour just because it's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> but I tried to, I tried to distance myself from anything physical when I was younger. Yeah. And I think it handicapped me by trying to write jokes. And then now, even though I'm, I would people say people think I'm a physical comic. There are parts that I'm embarrassed about doing on stage because yeah. I I didn't I didn't lean into it enough. Like say a chicken when, oh, when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. He was very fucking physical. Chicken. I would love. I would love if you could do a posthumous posthumous, posthumous podcast with chicken about chicken. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing that guy. Can I say the other thing I would I would want you to do? What? I would want you to double up on old pot on people you've already had in your podcast that are comics. Oh yeah. I would still love to hear like. Another one with stand up. Another one with Dane. Another one with I like I I, I think there's people that that that's worth considering because there's so many people that I interviewed before they got famous. Like yeah. they're like these Segura. are like time caps. Segura, you're in Segura. Segura wasn't anyone then. Yeah, and and it that was a fucking fascinating. I would like to all see also see. I would love to hear a podcast with Laura Keitlinger. Have I never done that? Uh, I don't think so. And but the other thing that's frustrating about you is that I can't go back. And find the old old ones in your catalog, and I guess that's because of your RSS feed. No, you got to get Stitcher Premium. Oh, for real? Yeah, oh. the entire back catalog is there. Oh, I know what I'll be doing on my flight tonight. It's all there on Stitcher Premium. We made a deal with the. Uh, um, that's the deal. The most recent fifty you can always get, but all the entire back catalogs at Stitcher. Really? How much is the premium? I don't know. Can't be that much. Yeah, we can figure it out. Um. So what's what's the goal? Like I, you do you have do you have isn't it to do you have stop? something? <laughs> <laughs> don't we get to stop? Is that the goal? I, was, I, I just said that today. I was like, I was like, when when because I'm in the hard press that you're in yeah. leading. I'm like a week at, a week out behind you, and I'm in the hard press just trying to fucking just and i'm like this make some money stop. on the hour before you drop the special yeah make do as much as i can mm -hmm. and then and then my tour goes on and i write new material it's like i'm in the hard press i go when does this end yeah. and i and i my wife's like 
Ne- never, I think. I think you're doing this forever until you die. Oof. And I was like, fuck. But do you want to make your own movie? Do you want to direct a movie? I did Kite Winger. You did? Yeah. Episode 166. Yeah, we should get back to that. Wow. What do you want? What episode are you on right now? A thousand? I don't know. Hold on. Would you have Trump on if you wanted to come on? Yeah. 1100. I'm on Trump. Oh, no, 1100. It's been a thousand. Huh? um you're a thousand be, I, no i said it's been a thousand since laura keitlinger yeah. i would love to listen i, I would love, i'm gonna go find that one I'm, i have a subtle obsession with laura keitlinger yeah no she's great i started with her yeah kind of so would you like to direct a movie would you like to star in your own movie i'm, meaning- gonna, I'm gonna write a movie with lynn well, we've been working on a movie with lynn shelton the woman who directed my last two specials and directed sort of trust and who i'm uh seeing at currently is my oh, girlfriend congratulations so we've been writing this movie for years and it's almost done. We're probably going to make that movie. And um, I don't know, man. You know, I got one more season of Glow that we're going to shoot Congrats. starting in a week or so. And is that? How many seasons is that? Four. It's the fourth and final. Which you, I heard you say that yeah. the other day. And I'm I'm sort of open to see, like, I feel like I, you know, like there, I, I would like to do something where, like, I don't have to be, you know, I, 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 in order for me to make money, I've got to be there. Then there's plenty of people that that make money and they don't have to be there yeah well i'd I'd like to figure that one out yeah i wouldn't mind not being there (laughs) i would love i love your statements i love your statements i said one time i won't say the person's name because they're a really good friend of mine but i said one time this person had blown up and was blowing up yeah and i said to you mark hey this person didn't know who i was and you went well did you know who they were a month ago? And I said, well, no. And you go, sometimes a river floats both ways, doesn't it? I said that. <laughs> yeah, and I went, the fuck, Mark? I just wanted you to tell me he was an asshole. <laughs> I want to make money when I'm not there also. That's my goal. That's my, that might be my new mantra. I want to make money when I'm not there. Well, yeah, that's people, fucking brilliant. Those people, the people that know how to do that, that's what's their goal, was to make money. You know, like- yeah. It's weird, like, you know, because, you know, starting podcast networks and, you know, selling them, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 it's all very immediate to me. Like, obviously, we make some money from sound exchange and that kind of shit. We sell yeah. some merch or whatever. Yeah. But there are dudes that produce a thing. Yeah, my name's on it. There you go. Go make some money with my name. I wouldn't mind that. Right? Just a little. I wouldn't mind that at all. All right. Well, let's figure it out. Let me go. Hey. I'm going to go. Uh, I got, I think, something smoking in my Traeger oh shit <laughs> thank you for doing this mark i appreciate it congrats on the special thank you so much it's march 10th it drops yours is 17th week after exciting hey can i tell you i'll, I'll tell you off air can i tell you one thing that we shot it here at a, like it's got a whole different look to it very intimate really where did you shoot it i shot it at like the red uh, cat theater downtown la really it's like a black box theater that we you know so it's got that kind of almost like theatrical vibe nice. you know like uh kind of spalding grayish kind of trip how many people in the audience a couple hundred oh i like that already yeah. i like that a lot yeah what's the name of it my special yeah end times fun fuck yeah well congratulations thanks buddy thanks for having me This episode.